Welcome to season two of Montrose Podcast. In this Montrose Mini, we'll sit down with social scientist, Harvard professor, and New York Times bestselling author, Arthur C. Brooks. His most recent book is called Love Your Enemies, How Decent People Can Save America from the Culture of Contempt. In it, he calls together social science, ancient wisdom, and historical biographies to show us how to counteract contempt in our relationships and in our everyday interactions. Enjoy this preview of his Love Your Enemies talk at Montrose School on Thursday, January 30th, as part of the Life Compass Institute speaker series, sponsored by the Elizabeth Schickel Foundation. You mentioned that as Americans, we are hungry for a different a new type of leadership that is authoritative mm. but not authoritarian yeah and that that will cyclically be born out of having arrived here where we are which is sort of smack in the middle of contempt but that hopefully the hope is that we will cycle back into what we really crave which is visionary leadership but not controlling leadership yeah that's right now th- to begin with I have to back up this assertion that I make that people are hungry for something and you know I look at the data all day long I'm a social scientist so I'm, I'm not a philosopher I mean I, I wish I had the chops to be a philosopher but I mean you know I'm a, a guy who looks at data I got my PhD cranking data sets and I look at public opinion data sets and I see that 93% of Americans hate how divided we become as a country that's a huge opportunity that means that 7% of Americans don't hate how divided we become and they're controlling our political discourse and they're controlling the the media the way that we talk about politics in this country in in the book i call them the outrage industrial complex which is you know five seven percent of the country and they're manipulating us but that means that we have this big opportunity to bring uh, uh, what people want and to offer what people want to have people see within us this more aspirational more unifying set of values uh, that's I think what we're going to see more from politicians as well is they see the opportunity to actually create a new wave in American politics today. It's going to take a while. It's going to take all of us demanding it and demanding it more loudly and bringing other people around to it too, which is why I wrote the book. Yeah, and you're saying it's not enough for us to just aim for civil discourse. Yeah, no. I'd say people always talk about civility and tolerance, and that's yeah, garbage as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's a, if I told you that you know, my wife Esther and I were civil to each other, you'd say, wow, you really need counseling. <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> it's a big problem or that you know my employees they tolerate me and say you got a big hr problem on your hands i mean civility and tolerance are sort of table stakes for having a society that's not blowing up into civil war all the time but that's not what, which we're, what we're called we're called to love each other and that couldn't be clearer i mean and, and we're particularly called to love people who are different than us to love people who persecute us who treat us poorly we're, we're called to love our enemies. I mean, I take the title of my book out of Matthew 5.44, but it, that's the most subversive thing you can possibly do. It really is. Dr. King talked about this. There was a famous sermon that he gave in 1957 on Matthew 5.44, where he said, you know, God doesn't tell you to like your enemies. Because like, he calls it a sentimental something. You know, it's, it's, it's my, it, it, if they're not your friends, they're not your friends. But you're called to love people, in part because it's a very practical strategy. You're, you're called to persuade people towards something that's better, and nobody has ever been insulted into agreement in the history of humanity. And so hating your enemies will simply not make converts, and you don't have any coercive power, so therefore, what are you going to do? Do the only thing that's available to you, but that's also what you're commanded to do. That's the moral prerogative. That's the moral opportunity of our lifetimes. And and that's what we're shooting for. Yeah, totally. And that's much higher than civility and tolerance. Yeah. Much higher than civility and tolerance. And you talk about, you know, Stephen Covey's work identifying love as that action, not a feeling, not one step up from like. 
um, but yeah. something that we need to do and that we're called to do. Why is it so hard for us to not reply to contempt with more contempt? It's hard because that's the natural reaction, and there's a lot of there's a lot of neurochemistry that leads us to respond in kind. There's a lot of evolution that leads us to when when somebody treats you as an enemy, you react as such. That you're threatened by something, you react with. And, and you know, the, the, there's a limbic system in our brain, very deep in our brain, that that includes the amygdala, the nucleus accumbens, certain parts of our brain that 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 don't respond to. You know, when you're saying, I'm, I'm going to go someplace today, or you laugh at a joke, or you decide what to watch on TV or have for dinner, that's your prefrontal cortex. That's your decision-making brain. But deep inside your brain, evolved more than a million years ago, is the limbic system, and, and that's where your emotions process things. Those are your automatic reactions, your affect, negative and positive. And, and so what happens is when you're threatened, when you're insulted, when somebody treats you with contempt, your limbic system immediately reacts. Your nucleus accumbens reacts. And that's just what forms emotional habits, physical habits as well. And so you react in kind. I mean, that's how you would do it 500,000 years ago. If a, if a saber-toothed tiger is after you, you're going to have fight or flight. That's a purely limbic reaction. That's not appropriate when we're talking about social situations, and it's inappropriate for those of us who don't want to be a slave to our to our limbic systems. I mean, we, we should be the master of of how we act. I mean, this is the the the, the freedom that we're promised as people is to is is to get beyond this this uh, this, this this the slavery that comes from from acting only according to how you feel in it or reacting according to how you reacting, feel. Right. That's I the real problem. We're working with the students at Montrose on this gap all the time mm-hmm. between reaction and response. Yeah, that's right. And the great Buddhist masters have always talked about this. The Buddhist masters say that the the secret to becoming the master of yourself is is don't do something differently. You simply need to create as much space as possible between stimulus and response, the gap, creating more of a gap. And so when you're, we will all be provoked because our limbic systems are beyond our control. I mean, you can train them. You can be a, you know, a fakir, you know, one of these great Eastern masters can lie in a bed of spikes, but that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm going to get my limbic system uh, stimulated. My job is not to say that's bad. My job is to say, oh, that's been stimulated. How, how is that? It's very interesting. Yeah, observing stop it. Stop and then and, and get as much space as you can. So your mother was a great Buddhist master. How do I know? Because she said, when you're angry, count to ten. That's the same idea. And so that's basically one of the things that I talk an awful lot about the book. If you want to master your emotions and you actually want to be more persuasive, less coercive, less reactive, and, and therefore more effective, <laughs> living up to your moral standards, but also persuading people. I mean, it's just a very effective strategy. Then you need to get a lot of space in there and choose how to react, create new habits. Thanks for joining me for this conversation with Arthur C. Brooks, author of Love Your Enemies, who will be speaking at Montrose on Thursday, January 30th, as part of the Life Compass Institute speaker series sponsored by the Elizabeth Schickel Foundation. Until next time, I'm your host, Mary Cahill-Farella, broadcasting the power of a Montrose education.